What up, everybody? Welcome into the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast. That's Colby and I'm Dutt, and we're here to talk playoffs, baby. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we took a few weeks off uh, for the holidays, a couple weeks anyway. Did some lives, but no no podcast and all that. So, uh, Happy New Year to everybody out there. And uh, in honor of New Year's, not only are we going to talk about the playoffs, we're also going to give a little rev- resolutions. Not our own resolutions, but we're going to give some resolutions for some people out there, both in the sports world and in the bourbon world. So, something new that we hadn't done before, but we're going to give it a shot. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to... At the end of this, we're going to wind up with another rate that shit and yeah, got another Michter's. We got the Michter's uh, small batch. Some of the people, we kind of confused them uh, with what we rated last week. They thought this was what we were rating. I got you. Uh, but we did the American whiskey uh, unblended small batch. This is actually the Kentucky straight. Ah. So this one's actually 91.4 proof. So hopefully we'll like it a little bit better than we did the last, the one we did, the American whiskey, you know, yeah. it was on, it was in the low 80s, and, and we, we're not usually fans of. That's really, that's what I'm sipping on tonight, a little, uh, the American unblended. Okay, so you're yeah. going you're gonna to go from uh, what we rated a two to hopefully yeah, yeah. a little bit better rating. Yeah, I figured I would stick with the Michters and uh, maybe yeah. give this one a, a fair shake. I thought better. about that too, but I, I got a brand new bottle of the Heaven Hill bottle of Bond, mm. and I just had... Just a little bit Gosh. left in the old bottle, so I went ahead and killed it. So I'm a, which is a hundred proof. I hopefully it, it doesn't yeah. hurt me too bad. But nah. uh, you know, I got my my backup drink here too to keep keep that palate cleansed. I was sipping on the Heaven Hill during the uh, during the playoffs. The yeah, no, the late the playoffs. Oh, the actual watching. The, yeah, the game. well, I, I sipped on a little bit, not a lot, <laughs> not a lot. I had that was that game. Them games gave me a little heartburn. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk more about that. It's two great games, and uh, we'll talk more about that. We we like to start every week's show off with an opening toast, and uh, my opening toast this week is going to be to the the college football playoff committee because. Uh, you know, about a month ago, I toasted them because I felt like they got the four teams right. And again, I think the games proved that they got the the, the, the four teams right. Oh, I mean, yeah. both games were classics. They went down to the very last play in both games. And, I mean, you couldn't ask for better matchups than that. And then also, I, I noticed uh, that, that the ratings – the viewership, the the Rose Bowl got over 27 million views, and the the Sugar Bowl had over 18 million views. So the Rose Bowl actually ranked up there with even non-sport events. Right. You know, as a, as a top 10 cable viewed show. So based on you know, the viewership, everybody tuning into these games and just how evenly matched, although the Texas game didn't look like it was going to be all that evenly matched, but they made it They made it a game at the end. You know, I, I really believe that, that the committee got it right. You know, both both games went down to the very last play. So Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at, if you look at social media, you know, social media was, you know, crying a river about, about Alabama being in, of course, there's some crying a river about Michigan being in. They should have been out because of the scandal, the sign-stealing scandal. You know, why is Texas in? Washington played a week schedule. I mean, if you looked at 
different regions of the country, there was complainers everywhere oh, yeah. about each team. And the fact that the games were so fun to watch, and I mean, it doesn't get much better than a Michigan-Alabama in terms of right. just success as, a, as universities in, in terms of the history of I mean, of yeah, you got the, the, the winningest program in history in Michigan. Game-wise. Yeah, the number of games won. And then you got the winningest championship team in Alabama. Who's catching Michigan on the, the winning. Yeah, but they're, I, they're I, what are the they, I think they're still, it's either 40 or 60. It's something like, it's, it's 1,002 to, or 1,001 to. To like 962 yeah, something, or something. Right, it's yeah. Like, yeah, so it was like 40 games. So it's going to take still a while. Yeah, if exactly. Michigan stays at the elite level they're at right now, right. it's going to take a while to to get caught up to them. So, but you have, you have to be a you have to be a big hater and a big you know not objective college football fan to to not say that the committee got those games right. right. I mean, you have absolutely have to be an ass yeah. to to not think that those games are right. No, nah, nah, I mean. And I'm not even basing any of that on the Orange Bowl, you know that. Yeah, no, that that game shouldn't even. They should have just canceled in. that. Yeah, game. to be honest with you, that that game, anybody, you know, I've seen people talking about. Well, that's that's why the committee put Alabama in. You know, nah, that's bullshit. I nah, mean, that, that game is not even. It doesn't need to enter into any discussion. Right. Right. Yeah, that that was not Florida State's. Best foot forward, and and in their defense, they didn't have a foot to put forward, and you know we could we could talk that that almost made my scumbag list. <laughs> Florida State yeah. players, which might be honorable mention, but we'll get into that. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna set this slide up for you uh, so that you can do your opening toast. Uh, we like to convert these into TikToks, uh, so that's why uh, I went want to jump back. Let you. Have the opening toast screen behind you when, okay. when you give your opening toast. So, Duck, tell us who your opening toast is this week. Well, I'm going to toast Jimmy Harbaugh <laughs> and the Michigan Wolverines. You know, it's been, you know, he's he's a weird dude. He's a weird cat. I ain't going to lie. He's different. You either, you know, it's kind of like Saban. You either love him or you don't. Harbaugh's the same way. Yeah, usually you've got those coaches. That, if he's your coach, you love the hell, you love the right. shit out of him. But if, if he's, if you have to go up against him, you know, Jimmy Johnson back in the day was the same way. Uh, Steve Spurrier, you know, you hated yeah. those guys. Like you said, Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh, you hate them unless he's your coach, then you absolutely love them. Yeah, yeah, just, I mean, getting over the hump, man, Michigan – Needed to win a playoff game. You know, this is their third consecutive, and, and it's been rough. It's been rough, and he's been, no, you know, Michigan's been notorious for being unprepared. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, I want to I wanna toast uh, Harbaugh. Now specific, they're overprepared. Specifically, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe so. I see a sign out. No, no, Harbaugh, man, I'm going to say right now that I, I tried to warn some people. That Michigan, Michigan has adapted to the speed of the SEC, and and you saw that, and it was it was up front that you saw the speed of the Michigan Wolverines, and and there were a lot of a lot of SEC fans that misjudged that, and so you know, <laughs> cheers to Harbaugh and the University of Michigan for for looking the part 
and 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 being the part. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, and to Washington too. Uh, you know, they, nah, screw Washington, man. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't giving no love to the well, pack. You know, I, mean, I give geez. love to Penix because he's a Big Ten guy. Uh, but no love to Washington right now because we'll talk about that. Just cheersing them for, for winning you. their semifinal game, and I didn't even. Oh, they look good. I ain't gonna lie, they look good. I mean, Penix looked good. I, I was off on the. I thought Texas would would wear them down, and but but you know Washington, Washington looked good. Yeah. You know, they, you know Texas secondary didn't have yeah. any answers. Should for, be a, should be a good natty. And yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, but. Uh, Yep. Yeah, so uh, Jim Harbaugh, yeah. playoff committee, Washington. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Go blue. All right, well, let's uh, move. Whoop, went too Whoop. far. Uh -oh. huh? he gave, gave, gave it, it away. away. Looks well, like not, not actually because the listeners didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, true. That's true. All right, well, we, have, we usually like to follow up or we always follow up our opening toast with our scumbags of the week and actually this week is pretty simple for uh, us here in the Carolinas to yeah. uh, pick a, a scumbag of the week and whoop. whoa getting a little excited yeah I was about, oh, you're about I, to throw I, a I drink throw my drink on this scumbag <laughs> right here drink yeah Dutton and I both had the same scumbag this yeah. week and uh, this is a uh, a repeat offender. I think I think you've had him once before. Yeah. I've had him once before. So this actually makes the third time he's made our scumbag list. But uh, yeah, Mr. David Tepper, owner of the Panthers. Come on, bad dude. look, bro. It's a bad look, man. It's 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 already been embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be a, a Charlotte. I don't want to call myself a native because I'm not. Right. But, I mean, we've been here long enough to call yeah, ourselves yeah. Charlotteans, but. It's a little embarrassing to support these Charlotte teams and, you know, Tepper. I mean, you've had, what is this, six years now? It's sixth season, and you haven't put a winning squad out there, and, and now we're, you know, we're reduced to throwing drinks on fans because they probably were running their mouth because they knew you were behind you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know I probably would have been doing it. Knowing you were behind me, I probably would have been. Shut the window. Yeah, yeah, or call out your big boys to well, go out there. And, and that's what he even said later after the, after his $300,000 fine. He didn't is, say that. His pennies PR department well, his said. PR backtracked for him and said, yeah. oh, you know, next time I need to let security handle it. Uh, to the average American, his three hundred thousand dollar fund was the equivalent of a dollar seventy five. Yeah, yeah, it's pennies to him. Yeah. So, yeah, Mr. Tepper has uh, made the list once again as a as our scumbag, and you know, I, and he, the, he's got to be on a, on a short leash now with the NFL. Well, I would hope so. I would think even the owners are now, you know, kind of like Daniel Snyder, you know. They, the owners were kind of backing Snyder, really, mm -hmm. until he started throwing them under the bus. Right. And, I mean, Tepper, you know, Tepper's probably on a, like you said, a short lease because the owners are like, dude, come on, man, really? <laughs> I mean, you got all, I mean, it was almost like, and I don't even think he would have, if he hadn't gotten caught. You know, he threw the, he threw his drink out the window and then retreats to the back of the, of yeah. his, of his uh, luxury suite. Yeah, the picture here is right after he threw the threw the drink, then he threw the cup down, and then he retreated, like you said. Yeah, like a like a little like a little coward. You know, he just retreats to the back of his press or uh, luxury box. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just don't I don't get it, man. I mean, you're worth twenty point what six billion. 
So and what if somebody you're worried about a peasant? Shit. I mean, we're all peasants financially, you know, mm-hmm. next to you. So I mean, I just don't, I just don't get it. I mean, it just makes zero sense. I think, I think if you were really a man, you'd have gone out there and confronted him. That that would have earned some respect. Right. Seeing a billionaire go out there and get in the face of a of a regular Joe, you know, that I think that would have garnered some respect, even from your players. But your right. players got to be. Laughing about your ass behind their behind your well, back. Well, yeah, on the news tonight, they were they were asking the players, you know, because like the coaches, <laughs> they wouldn't say anything. Obviously, they're not going to say anything. their job scared. Yeah, exactly. But uh, some of the players were kind of, you know, talking about how ridiculous it was, and you, you don't act like that. And so yeah. Well, I mean, let's say Miles Garrett. Let's say Miles Garrett caught some lip from a fan behind the bench. Oh, they do all the time. Yeah, all the time. Hell, the, yeah, the, the Washington the, players. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that after the game. Yeah, there I was, watched it. There was a Texas fan, you know, trying to get them to come yeah. into the stands. Oh, yeah. Right in front of his kid, yeah, too. Yeah, right in front of his, right kids. Front of his yeah. kid. It was but ridiculous. They, they took the high road. and Let them kids celebrate, man. Yeah. You, guys, you guys just say whatever you want to to these players. You can't do that. Or you can't do it and not expect – you know, them to come get a little retribution after they yeah, win. You got to remember, it's, it's crazy. Sports. It's just sports. But I mean, um, you know, back to my point, imagine one of the NFL superstars doing that. You know, what kind of fine would they have gotten? And what kind of ridicule oh, from probably, the fans yeah. would they have gotten? And it just seems like everyone, you know, is kind of, oh, well, pe- you know, Tepper's Tepper now. We're all, you know, he's just. Blowing off some steam. Well, I mean, there's a plenty of ways to blow off some steam, Tepper. So, anyway, you're a scumbag, man. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of... Thrice times over. Yeah, I was kind of backing you. Yeah, I was backing him a few you months were, ago, you, you know, because he is spending money. And he, I, I felt like legitimately trying. But, you know, the press conferences, this 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 incident, and then the weak-ass apology. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, well, I, I mentioned earlier that we wanted to try something a little different on this first episode of 2024, and uh, we're going to put up some New Year's resolutions for 2024. But we're going to put a little little twist on these resolutions. They're not going to be our resolutions. These are going to be resolutions that we feel necessary for some people out there. What well, are kind of our resolutions? We're projecting our <laughs> resolutions onto these people. Right, right. In other words, listen, listen up, listen up. So, so my first resolution as the NFL is I'm going to hire full-time officials and I'm also going to embellish them with modern technology. So the NFL, as a New Year's resolution, needs to full-time officials and embrace technology. That's a good one. Put, put some chips Put some chips in the ball so we don't have to exactly. worry about whether the ball breaks the plane. I mean, that's a no-brainer, man. That's a no-brainer. Go to the instant replays automatically, you know. Uh, send it down from the booth. So, so this this goes out to this goes out to Tepper. <laughs> Speaking of Tepper, Mr. Tepper, my resolution to you is trade this man. Trade Brian Burns. Free Brian Burns. Yeah, free him. Unshackle Brian Burns from this nastiness you've created. Because <laughs> this is legitimately our only draft cap. 
you know, our only player capital whatsoever. And he's desired, he's wanted. Yeah. You passed up two first-rounders last year. You could have got two first-rounders. Personally, I think you could probably still score maybe an offensive tackle because the free agent market on offensive tackles is good this year. And it's normally not. Now, right. I'm not talking about – maybe some, there's some former first-rounders on the free agent market out there. But trade this man to somebody. Maybe trade him for a veteran offensive tackle. Maybe get a first-round draft pick for him, plus a tackle or an interior lineman to help bolster what you already have. Use that first round. But you need to use this man and, and free him from Charlotte. Yeah, they're, they're not a, a piece or two away from contending. Or, right. or even competing. They're a, uh, they're a they're a couple of moves away from building. Yeah, they need to and and, and then even if you get a, a couple first round picks, trade those back and stockpile more picks, you know, build like like Bill Belichick builds in well, in New England or you say like that, uh, but Jerry Jones builds. You say in that, Dallas. but I don't have confidence in Fitter. Well, I got, have, well, I was, that, that's all assuming, you know, that's yeah. another resolution for, for, uh, for our, our boss man here, um, Mr. Tepper. Mr. Tepper. You got to get rid of Fitterer. Yeah, because he hasn't proven, he hasn't proven to be able to, no. to take those, you know, those, those diamonds in the rough in the third, fourth, and fifth round. I mean, we don't have a third, fourth, and fifth, sixth round on our roster still. So, um, trade this man. Um, build from your offensive line. Don't I, they keep talking about getting weapons? Getting weapons. It doesn't matter if you get weapons if you can't protect your quarterback. Ask Alabama's weapons how it went for them. In, exactly. Uh, in the yeah. Rose Bowl. So that's my that's my resolution. One, David okay. Tepper, trade that man. All right. And speaking of college football, college football's broken, and college football needs to be fixed. You know, there's. Issues with the transfer portal and, and the dates, when it's open, when it's not open. You know, I think it was Lane Kiffin that said, the NFL does not do free agency in the middle of the season. And that's right. essentially what they're doing with this transfer portal. Um, NIL, you know, it's not being used properly. Uh, the, the opt-outs, you know, like we talked earlier, that Florida State game, that, that I was embarrassed for those kids that – that dressed out in that game. Sure. You know, I've got nothing against Georgia. Georgia didn't do right, anything no. they, that, that, you know, they, it's not like they were trying to run the score. They right. put in – their their starters didn't play the second half. No, Kirby's a generous substitutor of, of his roster anyway. And even Kirby in his post-game his post yeah. press conference, he was like, this needs to be fixed. Yeah, that, that, this wasn't right. Um, so they need to figure out, you know, the bowl games. There's way too many of them, first of all. Um, now we got the 12-team playoff coming in. So I still think there needs to be bowl games, but maybe not as many. Maybe you don't reward six and six teams with a bowl game. You know, maybe you have a half a dozen bowl games. You know, there were some decent games out there uh, this weekend. Um, but then there was also some stinkers. But I think, you know, your, your New Year's Six games – are usually very good. The ones that even the ones that aren't, you know, for the playoffs. The only one being, uh, you know, like we said, the Georgia game. Right. But the the Tennessee game was a good good bowl game. Um, Ole Miss and Penn State uh, was was a, a good game. Um, so LSU was a good game. LSU, Missouri. So yeah. I mean, there were some good bowl games. 
but there's still a lot of things that need to be fixed with, with where college football is at right now. Um, I do like that the 12-team the uh, playoff is coming in, but that's, that's only going to make these bowls even less sure. um, yeah. important. So not a fan of the twelve team play. No, I I, I, I didn't a, really want it, but yeah, I mean they need to figure how all this is going to work. I mean, basically, college football is turning into a minor league for the NFL. I mean, that's so exactly you about got to treat it that way. You know, don't don't pretend it's not. Just embrace what it is and and make it better. I think I think the biggest issue in college football is the transfer portal. I don't. I, I'm I'm not that concerned with NIL. I mean, obviously there's some restrictions that need to come in place, but with the transfer portal, it's about the the kids that are transferring. They have to be enrolled in their next university by January, mm-hmm. and that's the problem with with the transfer portal and the bowl games. Well, but part of the reason also the transfer portal has gotten so bad is NIL. These kids are putting their name out there to see who the highest bidder is yeah. for them mm-hmm. to go to. Yeah, it's so, definitely there's definitely so no. I mean, I, th- sure. I love NIL. I think it's great that that these athletes are now <laughs> being openly paid instead of under the table. Sure, um, but the whole system, you know, needs to be looked at and figured out what's in you know because. Wait a minute, I These thought kids. Alabama was the only one paying their players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dion, Dion Sanders during the FSU heyday, he never got a bag. <laughs> I mean, come on, Dion never got a bag. Right. Bobby Bowden, he would never do that. Never. Only Nick, only the devil, Nick Saban. Does it. Anyway, I'm sorry. You interrupt me, so I interrupt nah, you. Hey, that's what this show's all about. <laughs> it was uh, just two guys talking, talking ball and drinking bourbon, so that's... That's what we're supposed to do. And drink I haven't water. even took him off track yet tonight. Usually, I like to take a few detours along the way, but I, I, I'm not I'm gone not, there yet. I'm not two bourbons in yet. Okay. All right. Let's see what we got next as far as what our resolutions. Got? Oh, oh! Somebody is trying to steal our notes. What's that? Jimmy Harbaugh with some binoculars. He looking in on Bama's sideline. That's funny. Tell me that picture ain't funny. <laughs> now I know those of you listening, you can't see it, but that. You need to tune in. Tune in to TikTok. Because this picture's funny as hell. I don't care who you are. <laughs> That's some high tech shit right there. Even if you're a Michigan fan, you know this, you can laugh at this one. But my resolution is to uh, is to the college fan. Just let it go, man. This shit is so overblown. I thought your resolution was gonna be Jim saying, Jim. "I'm not gonna steal signs anymore." Nah, just let it go, bro. It's over, man. This is such a Overblown situation. Everybody I mean, tries to steal signs every, in every sport. Michigan may have went, a little, went a, little a little over far. the top. <laughs> you know, Jimbo Fisher went a little too far on NIL. And, and you know, Stallions was at the Rose Bowl. I know he was, but you can't <laughs> ban a man from a non-campus uh, game. I think you know? this was him, actually. <laughs> so my resolution is to all you college football fans who – who want to cry about Michigan shouldn't have been in, or, or wait till they they uh, have to vacate the Natty if they win the national championship? Just let it go, man. This is it's a level one. Michigan's gonna get a fine. Harbaugh might get a suspension. If Harbaugh wins the Natty, he's, he's going to the NFL, NFL anyway. <laughs> so just just let it go. I mean, I I would think the casual fan would be excited for Harbaugh to stay. The, but you know, Harbaugh. You know, 
you got to tip your hat to the man. Yeah, it took him took him many years to get over that Ohio State hump. Took him, like you said earlier, three years to get over that playoff hump. But he has done what they brought him to Michigan to do. Absolutely, he is he is restored. Well, and 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 that's that's that should have been another resolution to the Michigan fan base. Harbaugh's up above Schembechler in my book. That's a whole separate discussion. <laughs> but this man, I mean, this man has built this Michigan roster to compete nationally, and they've never been built that way. They've been built to compete within the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio's always been built to compete nationally. They recruit speed. They recruit the whole country. Michigan's been a little bit, been a little bit slow to that, um, and now they've they've recruited this whole country, and then they've recruited speed to compete with the SEC. So, I mean, just uh, yeah, hats off to Michigan, man. Hats off to them, and just let this this Spygate thing go. All right, and then of course we got one more sports-related um, resolution, and you knew, you knew we couldn't get through the whole resolutions without talking about the GOAT here. and So, uh, Nick Saban's New Year's resolution, got to fix that offensive line, and it's particularly got to fix that snapping issue. And I think he's already taken the first step towards fixing the snapping issue because uh, Mr. Seth McLaughlin, was, uh, in, he has entered the transfer portal. So, I would imagine that uh, Nick probably uh, told him, uh, son, I know you got one year eligibility left, but uh, it's going to be somewhere other than here. (laughs) We appreciate what you've done, but you're not in our plans for next year. I mean, 66 offensive snaps. Yeah. 30. 30, Half of them. 50%. So 50% of the snaps were off target. You turned our quarterback into a shortstop. And I said this uh, a week or so ago. My guess was 30%. Of the season snaps, I mean, if you think about now, now, let's just this might have been coming in hot, but we're not really doing coming no, in no, hot tonight. But no. you think about okay, this is this is my little bit on on Milrow. I love Jalen Milrow, but let's be honest, Jalen Milrow's not an elite processor, right? No. Bryce 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 was an elite was. processor. So fifty percent of the snaps, he's taking his eyes off of the, the, the defense yeah. to catch the ball, and now he's got to look up and process. And to be honest with you, he's not an elite processor. But if he doesn't have to take his eyes off the defense, well, he's I mean, elite. It throws off the whole rhythm of the play. It does. It's All terrible. Offensive plays is, is choreographed. And it's just like dancing. If, if you miss a step, miss a beat, it, it's going to look like a train wreck. That's the way an offensive play is supposed to work. It's supposed to be choreographed, the timing. It's so much because I was of, doing, because I, you was, go, I was doing the salsa <laughs> while you were talking about that. Because you've only got three, four seconds to, to, to make this play work. Right. And if you're, you know, timing is thrown off because you got to turn your body, you got to, you know. And that's another thing. You know, a lot of people were, were mad at that, that final play call of the Alabama game, but not, Who's not to a, say that was the play call? It was. If you look at you know, the, if the, you look running at the back, play, the exactly. running back loops out, yeah. and it was probably an RPO that was supposed to go that way, but the snap was to the other side, low, so he had to basically just pick it up and just run. So, and he wasn't he wasn't going to score if he ran left if he because it was designed for for him to run, you know, if not throw it as an RPO, mm-hmm. run up and veer left or well, zero. Mike Samer still. 
was right there to make the play because he saw the the snap. I believe this is me just guessing, looking at the play multiple times. He was supposed to cover the running back, mm-hmm. but because the snap was bad, he he improvised yeah. and he would have stopped Jalen Milrow even if he hadn't run straight into the line. Right again, that play and I and I hate to throw one kid under the bus, you know, because that's to me that's not fair. But it's fair in this in this conversation because I mean we're we're into the the playoffs and we're still dealing with snaps. Yeah. We we were we weren't okay. We were all right though after a few games to process the Texas game. You know, but even in the Auburn game, you almost cost us, you know Yeah, fourth and thirty four. Yeah, fourth and thirty four. <laughs> Flag, I won on that one. <laughs> Look, I even got us a prop for that. So for people wondering, we had a we've had a couple of challenges uh in, in some shows. We did a live show last week and uh I kind of got tongue twisted on some on my words a little bit and <laughs> said fourth and thirty four, knowing it was fourth and thirty one. But hell, he got a damn shirt that says fourth and thirty one. Like we got uh, a little tail here. Um, anyway, he challenged me on it. We went back, reviewed the tape, and now we're one and one on challenges. That's right. Well, I pulled even Steven with but, it. But uh, yeah. So anyway, what were we talking about? There. See, I, I told you I was going to get him off, off yeah, track one time. Yeah, you did. You almost did. <laughs> we, we were talking about McLaughlin, and and we don't want to throw a kid under yeah, the bus. Yeah, no, I, I, wish, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, and, you know, he's been the center for many, many games. I don't know why this came up this season. Whole but season. I think it's kind of like a, and it, you know I think what? It's like an MLB batter or a golfer when they get them. It, hips, it always cropped up in a in a high pressure situation. Exactly. It, it did. You know, it cropped up in Texas, yep. and then we kind of we kind of you know. Saw a I don't love in Georgia. Yeah, man. yeah, and then a big and one in all. A lot of them in in the Rose Bowl. Thirty three yeah, of them to be exact. And I really think our quarterback. Was getting a little pissed about it, and he's he's about as yeah. he's almost as, as, uh, as even keel as Bryce Young. I think I he mean, might be more even. Maybe, than Bryce. but yeah. Bryce Young was throwing tablets this past weekend. That's true. That's true. Uh, so yeah, so, like I said, love the young man. Wish you nothing but the best. But I think it's it it, it was a move that had to happen. Yeah, you might need to switch to guard, man. Switch to offensive guard. I'm Seriously, the same thing about I mean, Proctor. Yeah, man, maybe so. I mean, maybe right tackle. That's what I was going to say before I got off track with – got myself off track with the challenge flag was I almost made Tommy Reese and the whole offensive staff, offensive line coach, my scumbag, for letting this drag on all season long. Yeah, yeah, it's unacceptable, So, if man. it wasn't for Tepper being a complete dickhead, the offensive coaching staff for Alabama would have been my scumbag. So. I mean, a center man to be not be able to snap a ball consistently into your quarterback's chest. I mean, that's just unacceptable at that level. It, sorry, absolutely. but not sorry. Absolutely. All right, I think that's all the that's resolutions all. that we have sports related. But this being a show, a podcast where we talk sports and bourbon, we had to have some New Year's resolutions relating to bourbon. I'm gonna start us off. All right. For those of you that can't see the barrels behind me, this, these two photos were taken at the Buffalo Trace Distillery. So you got all their wonderful flavors and brands and labels that we can't buy. So my resolution to Buffalo Trace is make your shit available. Get these bottles on the shelves. Let us <laughs> buy this stuff. Right. 
you know, everything's allocated here in North Carolina. We need to do away with that. We need to have availability. Your best ability is your availability for show. Now you created this, you, you created this mystique. You've created this hats off for yeah, marketing one-on-one. I mean, it was now, a lesson. Read, read the tea leaves because I think you're, you've, you've peaked at this allocating. Now it's time to fill I mean, the, the shelves. The secondary is starting to take some hits. Yep. Yeah. I mean, their secondary is taking some hits, which... I know. I personally don't ask when I go in the ABC store anymore, do you have any allocated bourbons? No. I gave up on that. I mean, I know where they keep them now, so I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> just kind of glance, with the exception of maybe uh, the local the local one where the ABC manager is a little bit more shady. But we need some Weller. We need some Stag. We need some Taylor in the collection here you can keep your damn eagle rare as far as i'm concerned <laughs> well i've got a bottle <laughs> oh i got a couple bottles of it but uh that's yeah. giveaways so, for me so bt come on put it yeah. on the shelves absolutely yes all right and you better do it because yeah does got something to tell us about yeah 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 i just sort of sort of you know doing this little um resolution you know forced me to kind of look deeper <laughs> into bourbon normally all i do is drink i gave him homework this week did give me some homework i mean i just like to drink and give you my flavor the flavor profile and and whether or not i like it or not but but in in doing in doing so you know i kind of learned that the uh, white oak tree situation is a big deal um so so that beautiful thing so right that's there. so if you're if you're watching well first let me talk about it for those of you that are listening so so obviously you, you realize that, you know, if, if you're listening, you're a bourbon aficionado and you know the bourbon has to be in a, a white oak charred barrel for it to be considered a bourbon. A new white oak. Yeah, barrel. brand new. Yeah. Brand new. Not used. Yeah, now, that, some of these the American these, whiskey is the one that's yeah. done in used bourbon barrels. Or you'll see them in flavoring, you know, they'll be chopped up and right. use as flavor for your your uh, fires and stuff like that, your, your grills. Um, but yeah, it needs to be a new charred white oak barrel it's it's putting it's putting a major hurting on on the actual growing the you know the deforestation i guess you can call it of white oak trees for the bourbon business and and that doesn't even account for the the largest share of the white oak um usage you know the construction industry is even bigger than that but over the last 20 years um bourbon growth bourbon um drinking has gone up 475 percent so all of that in a nutshell if you go back to the other slide so the others the first slide is actually brand new white oaks being planted um you know just like the construction industry we're harvesting our trees way too fast and so if you're in the construction business you know most of the the two buys out there are are as crooked as as matt uh, never mind about that they're crooked as my finger <laughs> it's crooked as colby's finger anyway um you, we're harvesting our trees too fast we're not allowing them to grow and mature and this is this is what's going to happen to the bourbon industry it's going to really put yeah. a hurt in the well yeah it's going to change all the flavors it is i mean we're going to have to come up with a solution and i mean I, i'm proud to say in reading maker's marks kind of leading the way you know with um trying to trying to grow white oaks and they have a they have a large farm yeah their own farm yeah so so there's there's plenty of initiatives going on but it doesn't matter i mean and this this might not catch 
it might catch you and I towards the end of our, our bourbon drinking days. Right. But for the younger generation, this, this could considerably cut into your bourbon because, you know, with all these other bourbon companies popping up, distillery, excuse me, yeah. popping up, I mean, the, the demand for brand new is is too high. Yeah, because bourbon's kind of doing what beer, you know, beer had that whole little, uh, what do you call it, when they have these little, all these, they make the IPAs and the, these breweries. Right, the these, micro the right, That's the word I'm looking for, these micro breweries. You can tell I'm not a bur- I mean a beer drinker. Um, you know, all these microbreweries started popping up. And, and you're seeing that with bourbon, too. Everybody's trying to get into that bourbon bandwagon. Mm-hmm. You got celebrities, athletes, you know, all these people trying to get their brand out there and make some money off of this, this huge bourbon empire. And that's, like you said, creating more supply, I mean, more demand, but there isn't the additional supply for this new demand. So, yeah. Yeah, there's going to have to be some decisions made, some big, hard decisions made on the brand new barrels because, you know, we're running, we're running short, we're running out. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. All right, so I gave a, a resolution to Buffalo Trace and to North Carolina about all this allocated bourbon. So now I'm going to go after the, the non-allocated states, the non-government regulated states that do get more availability, but they like to jack the prices up yeah. way too high. So my resolution to them is, come on, ease up on that pricing a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm all for everybody making their money, but some of, some of that pricing is ridiculous when, when you're marking it up 10x times. Yeah, no, uh, don't doubt. But, I mean, but for every, for every um, liquor store owner that that is an ass that marks it up there's a bigger asshole out there buying it yeah you know and that's my that's yeah, my quit, resolution quit paying those prices exactly that's my resolution number two for bourbon is for all of you bourbon drinkers out there let's get together man let's put a killing on these secondary prices my 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 resolution is that we'll band together and put a hurting on these secondary prices maybe drive that demand you know back up not the demand up, but drive the, the production, the the amount of bottles on the shelf back up, so prices will come down, so yeah. we can afford to simple, drink some of these. Simple economics. It really is. It really is. And again, you know, if if we'll just quit paying those big bucks, just because we're, I love the hunt. You know, I do yeah. like to hunt. It's fun. I get it. But you know, it, to me, it's not fun to go to a store that has a huge amount of allocation with 10x on the price. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, yeah, I can spend 500. I could afford a $1500 bottle of of Pappy. Pappy. Yeah, but but I mean, I'm not going to. I mean, I'd rather buy a new set of irons to help my <laughs> golf game which is sucking right now. So so anyway, I mean, spend your money wisely, people. Get together, man. Let's get together and and make it happen. That's right. Yep. So so let's uh, let's let's help drive these prices down, and then just to close this segment, you know, here at the Bourbon Buzzed and Ballin' podcast, I felt like it would be appropriate for our resolution, you know, just to be bigger, badder, and bolder in 2024, you know, for BB and B, and uh, you know, we're gonna come at you with 
a lot more rate that shits. Uh, we'll try to get you as much info on the bourbons as we can. Maybe increase our rating system a little bit further. Maybe, you know, we're one through four right now. Maybe give it five or six right. to kind of spread that gap a little bit more on some of our ratings. But, uh, so yeah, that's that's yeah. my resolution. Dutch resolution is to, to bring, bring it this year. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, where else are you going to get sports information <laughs> and bourbon information at the same place? And I'm telling you, this dude, <laughs> these dudes know. Oh, for the challenge. <laughs> these dudes know what they're talking about. Yeah, I, and like I said, when it comes to sports, and, man, you yeah. getting it, you getting, you getting your favorite stuff in the same spot. We're right. talking sports. We're drinking bourbon. We're giving you the layman's information on bourbon. We're not being stuffy, trying not to be stuffy. Right. Yeah. I, on I, our approach to bourbon drinking, and we try to give you the, the information to help you be able to make an educated. They're not really educated, but you know, to to know what you what you're going to get when you go, because you know, like we were talking, some of these bourbon prices are so high. Who wants to go drop a hundred bucks on a bourbon that you don't know anything about? You know, so we're trying to let you know, you know, hey, first of all, you know, what what's what price should it be? The proof it should be, what your aromas, tastes, and finishes are supposed to be, and then we give our personal uh, take on it. We've had. Our, our followers that disagreed with us and followers that agree with us. And you're going to have that because everybody's tastes are different. Sure. And that's why we try to, you know, keep it to where we, we're telling you what we're getting from it. And then you can, you know, decide on your own from there. So. Yep, yep. All right. I think that's all we had on New Year's resolutions. Did you have any? Mm -hmm. No. Any you want to? Get into talking about the natty. Let's talk. Let's talk about those those two games. Yeah. What do you want? Where do you want to go first? I, I mean, I I say let's talk Michigan Bama first. All right. So I, to me, that was the best. That game been played yet? <laughs> that was hard to watch for me, man. I ain't gonna it lie was. I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Dust some props because he made one comment that uh, yeah he. You know, Alabama's got Nick, who's the go to college football, but he made the comment that that Michigan had the better support staff, the better assistant coaches. And I think that showed uh, in the game. I think, you know, Tommy Reese, he's still got a lot to learn as, as Bama's OC. And, and uh, you know, I think Michigan's OC looked at what, what did Auburn do so well hmm. against yeah. Alabama. And you know what do we what plays in our playbook are, are along those same lines? A lot of misdirections, and you on all of Michigan's big plays, there was blown coverages by Alabama. Now I'm not oh, making yeah. excuses, saying no, that, that is that it was blown coverages because, because Michigan yes, misdirected and disguised. Because, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So Michigan did a great job of of. You know, seeing what worked, what what was Texas good at? Uh, you know, what was Auburn good at that really Bama struggled with? And they, they used those to their advantage. And they're on the downside of that. I'm a little disappointed that the quality control for Alabama, you know, where they're doing their self-assessing, didn't do a better job of, of, hey, these are our weaknesses. We need to clean this up or or it's going to rear its ugly head again, which it did. 
Yeah, usually a usually a Saban coach team with that much preparation is dominant. But you know, I mean, it's been said many times. We've said it before on this podcast that this clearly wasn't our most dominant team. And nah, and nah, to be quite nah, honest with you. This team was picked by many to lose two to three Even games. I, yeah, I heard crazy numbers. And here we are in the playoffs, and we're not going to talk about whether it was deserved or not. That's, that's over. We already beat Water under the bridge, so don't come at us with that. <laughs> um, this team was, was – this team did good, man. You know, you, lot, Bama fans should be proud. Absolutely. And it, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't leave that game. And, and the naysayers out there – the Lanks, you know, they're you know they're going to pile on to Alabama. So Alabama fan base, you know, you got to have a big backbone. Don't be tepper. Thick skin. Don't be tepper. Right, because you know we've dished it for a decade, and you know now it's time to come back and start you know taking some of it. And and as a as a longtime Bama fan and a longtime disher, I mean I can take it because to be honest with you, this is a young team. This is mm-hmm. a young team and. And I thought I thought we we overachieved this year. We went further than I kind of thought we would. And so, but but I'll be honest with you, going into the game, and and I felt confident enough to go against my alma mater and pick Michigan. And it wasn't because Michigan's deep in my soul. <laughs> right. It was because Michigan's roster, to me, is developed. It's it's just it's just better. They they definitely you know were the more experienced team. Absolutely, and, and that experience showed. They're deep across the line, and they have they have a they have a first round. They have an NFL cornerback. Uh, oh, that kid is. Yeah, he's 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 shut down. He's special. Yeah. He's special, and they got they had they just have really good. You know, we've talked about it. Good team speed, man. And, and you JJ, know, you just can't. JJ played hurt the last three yeah. weeks of the season, and so so JJ can make plays, man. It, ever since he's been a freshman, and a friend of mine, Brian Wetzel, you know, we've gone back and forth on JJ when he was. A, he's a big Michigan fan, and and you know, I told I told B Wetzel when JJ was a freshman, that kid needs to be playing because you need to go ahead and give him reps now because Michigan ain't going anywhere that particular year anyway. Right. Give JJ the reps. Harbaugh didn't, but it worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah. Now he uh, he definitely uh, you know had had a good game, and uh, you know another thing, you know like I like I mentioned, I didn't watch M- Michigan play much this year, but their defense definitely was better than I anticipated going into the game because you know I looked at. The offenses that they went up against, sure, sure. you know, as you would. I mean, that's all you have to go on, right? Is, is comparison so, to the uh, offenses they played, and I, you know, I I tried to say that you know last week that you know Michigan. This is two years in a row. Michigan's had NFL caliber coordinators on the defensive side, and Jesse Minter is going to be a head coach in in either college or he's going to go back to the NFL. I mean, probably the OC also. Yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, Sharon Moore is is definitely destined for Yeah, Sharon may be Michigan's head coach next year. Could be. <laughs> could be one of the two for sure. I mean, yeah. I think Just you know, keep it in house. I think the biggest the biggest surprise for me was the fact that uh, Michigan's offensive line was able to kind of neutralize Bama's rush. You know, it was yeah. You know, Bama got to JJ a little bit, but not me. But we didn't put nowhere near the pressure 
on JJ that we did on Georgia's quarterback. Um, and Georgia supposedly has the best O-line in the country. And, and we, we ran through them like shit through a tin horn, mm. to quote Nick Saban. So Michigan's O-line, man, they, they protected J.J. And, you know, it was just a good defensive game. I mean, I, I saw some people talk about it was a snooze fest, man. Mm-hmm. You just not. Nah, you, you, ain't a, you, ain't a, you, you ain't good at football, if that's what you think. That was, that was not a snooze fest. That was a, a good blue blood, giant defensive battle, chess match. You know, Michigan stubbed their toe on special teams. Alabama failed yeah, I mean, to really. You, if you think about all the opportunities, yeah. I mean, Alabama had so many chances where they could have went up by two scores and really took control of that game. But a bad snap here, a penalty there, a blown assignment, and they let Michigan hang around long enough to, yeah. you know, where. And conversely, if you take away the Michigan special team blunders. Yeah. They win it convincingly. You know, it's definitely – and it's funny because, you know, my my aunt texted texted during the game and she was like, is it me or does it seem like the announcers are pro-Alabama? And to Alabama fans, it seems the opposite. (laughs) To us, is it the officials are pro Michigan? Yeah, you know, I, I think you can watch every single game. Exactly. I've even been questioning myself. You know, I've I, I recently started watching the Hornets because of Brandon Miller, and I feel like every game I watch, the referees are calling fouls on on the Hornets left and right, and never call anything against the Hornets. Right. And I'm like, is this just? You know, our, our, it is perspective, you know, man. You it's got a those blinders on, and, and you think everybody, the referees, the announcers, everybody's against whichever team you're pulling for. Sure. And but, the Michigan fans think that, that they were being held every exactly. time. And we think the same thing. I mean, we think Dallas Turner's held every single play. And so, you know, you got to just quit thinking about that because it was such a well-played game on both sides. Well, I was it actually one time during the game was screaming for a hold, and then I actually told him, "I don't even, I don't even look at that anymore. I don't even, I don't let that get me upset because I know there's going to be holding on every play that doesn't get called, and yeah. there's no sense letting it upset you." So, yeah, I mean, I think in the end, um, you know, JJ JJ drove the team and made the made the throws. He made the plays there at the end. And, uh, did you think Bama looked gassed at the end? Those last two drives, I, I just did not put up much of a resistance. I, I was just, I was really just, I guess it, they, I don't necessarily know if it was gassed or if Michigan just, just took over and dominated the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter because Alabama couldn't do nothing yeah. in the last portion of the fourth quarter, and Michigan had success moving the ball and, you know, throwing the ball to Corum out of the backfield, catching Alabama off guard a couple of times for big plays. And, you know, it was just um, – I, I mean, again, you know, I just have to – I just have to tip my hat and say the better team won. I, I've told all my Bama friends over the last few days, the better team won that game. I mean, you can't – as a Bama fan, there's there's really not a, a bad penalty I can I can nah. hang my hat on. There's not – you know, we didn't drop a pass, a wide-open pass. You know, Milrow really didn't miss any wide-open receivers. We didn't turn the ball over. 
We just got beat. We yeah. just got beat yeah. by the better yeah. team. Yeah. That's it, man. Now, you know, usually I'm pissed off after we lose, but I I was fine. You know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, the sun comes It is, up it is what it is, you know. Exactly. I mean, it, the, the outcome that, that was supposed to happen is what happened. Yeah. So, good luck yeah. to Michigan against Washington. So, I guess we can talk about Washington and, and Texas. And that, that game didn't go like I thought it was going to go. I mean, Washington's defense and Washington, are they going to have any players left to play against Michigan? <laughs> Seems like they were dropping like flies at the end of that well, game. Well, I mean, I think, uh, what's his name, Johnson, the running yeah, back? Yeah, the he, running back. He's supposedly going to play. I mean, he's a large percentage of their run game, but I mean, I think their their game runs right through Penix and yeah. their wide receivers, and and that played out. I mean, what was he twenty nine of thirty eight for four hundred yards? I mean, watching that game makes me think that that Jaden Daniels ought to bring the Heisman Trophy back and give it to <laughs> Penix because that was to me that was that was Penix saying, "Hey, y'all should have really talked more about me on the Heisman," but. And, you know, that brings up a point, getting back to earlier when we were talking about opt-outs. I believe that there's more opportunity to help your draft status than, you know, I was trying to think back to players that got hurt playing in the bowl game that it hurt their draft status. And the only one I could think of was Jalen Smith from Notre Dame. I mean, he was a he was definitely a big one. But Jake, I can you know Jake Butt from Michigan, that you know he was just a tight end. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But he was definitely a borderline first round draft pick at a tight end. Yeah, that was that was a big injury for sure for him. And it. But was, then, like like you were just saying, Penix, you know, he wasn't talked about as being the first overall quarterback taken. But now after that performance, and if he does if he does something like that again against Michigan. That draft stock is just going to keep going yeah, up. Yeah, it'll skyrocket for JJ sure. JJ McCarthy's getting a lot of, of draft love now. You know, you weren't hearing his name before. You know, you were hearing Drake May and Caleb Williams, and neither one of them played in their bowl game. So you're hearing there's a lot of crickets around their name right now. There's a lot yeah. of buzz around Penix and Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, JJ McCarthy. So playing can also, you know, sure. help you. Yep. So it's not always best to opt out. And to me, it shows a character. You know, it shows I, a character flaw by opting out. It, it Look back to last year's draft yeah. with, with Bryce and CJ. And those two were neck and neck, and nobody really knew who was going to go number one, who was going to go number two. Well, Bryce played, CJ didn't. Bryce went number one. Right. Yeah, so... Just opting out because you're scared of an injury could could hurt you more than it helps you. Yep. So, no, sorry, I, I mean, just, when you were talking about Penix's <laughs> great game, that's twice now. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I think I think the game played out kind of like we talked about. You know, both secondaries are a little iffy, and uh, Penix was the better quarterback that night and and made bigger plays. I mean, but again, I think Washington, we also talked about that. The wide receiving core was one of the better cores in the country. Mm-hmm. So that played out like we talked about, you know. And that's that wide receiver core against that Michigan pass defense. I mean, it's going to set up a classic strength-on-strength strength championship yeah. matchup. Yeah. Who can who can win that battle? And it's, I, it, if I had to guess, I'm going to say they're both going to win at times. 
Oh, I think, yeah. I mean, I guess we're going to go into that discussion now. I mean, I, the last thing I was going to say about the, the Texas-Washington game was, was, was um, you know, we kind of thought, you know, I said it, I think, if we go back to the, to the podcast, I said that I thought Texas defensive front was going to get enough pressure on Penix, but that just did not play right. out. Washington protected him. And so, uh, and it wasn't like he was just quick throw. I mean, no, he was no. he was sitting back there. He was working the pocket in the field. Yeah, yeah, no. He's and man, I don't I don't think I've seen a more accurate quarterback since Tua until that night. I mean, that is legitimately the first full game I've watched Penix play, and he has got Tua accuracy. I mean, and not when I'm talking about accuracy, I'm talking about. I mean, he's throwing them in stride, and you just don't see that very often. Yeah, that was that was impressive to me. Yeah, usually when a team leads in the statistic of yak, a lot of people think, "Oh, they got shifty wide receivers, this and that." But most of the time, it's because, like you just said, the quarterback hits them in stride where mm-hmm. they can catch it, not have to adjust, not have to yep. slow down. That's where you get your yak yards from, is, right. is from being able to just keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the big game, I mean, I, I mean, I'll cut straight to the chase. I got Michigan winning this one, obviously, but I think Michigan's got the ability to run the ball on Washington, control the clock, keep Penix off the field as much as possible. I think Michigan's secondary will make enough plays, but Penix is going to be Penix. And Ozune or whatever his name is, he's Odunze. Going, Odunze, he's gonna make he's gonna make plays. Um, I think Michigan's gonna have to clean up some of those mistakes they made against Alabama because I have a feeling special team. I have a feeling Washington can make them pay where Alabama did. I think Washington's offense uh, is more advanced than Alabama's and. If Michigan routinely is is making these mistakes that they made in that Alabama game, better watch out. Washington might make them pay. I kind of see I kind of see Washington and and Penix in the way that I've always thought a, a team against Alabama was doomed from the start. And that if your quarterback's not mobile, mm-hmm. you're not going to beat you're not going to beat them. You're not going to beat Michigan. In my opinion, Washington can't beat Michigan. I don't mean can't. They can for sure. Certainly they can win the game. But I don't think Washington will have success against Michigan's D because Michigan's going to make them one-dimensional because I don't think Washington scares Michigan enough on the run game to, uh, to, to make Michigan have to commit. And if Michigan doesn't have to commit, they can, they can sit back and defend the couple of wideouts because they can match, they can match physicality, number one. They can match – his physicality, Odunze. What, what is it? Odunze. Odunze. I think, they can, I think I'm saying it They right. can match his physicality with, with Johnson. So Well, and, uh, you know, Washington's running backs can put the ball on the ground, too. So, Washington, oh, yeah, Washington yeah. definitely can't afford, you know, any, any mistakes, any turnovers. And if Johnson's dinged up and hurting and, and it's, it's a foot, right? Yeah, that's what it looked like when they were talking. It looked like off. a foot to me. So I mean, if if he can't go, he's like, I mean, I think I wrote it down. Oh yeah, he's two hundred twenty-two carries for eleven hundred and sixty-two yards, and 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 the 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 rest of them are a combined four hundred. 
So he, he, he is their running game. They run their running offense through him. So if they don't have him, they got nothing but youth and inexperience. I just, man, Michigan's loaded with experience. I just don't. Although I think Washington, I do, I think I do remember hearing a stat about how many sixth-year players they oh, had. I would imagine. I don't know what positions or any of that, but I do remember watching one. I think it was them against Oregon, hmm. and I think the announcers made a comment that they had like sixteen sixth-year seniors hmm. out there. So I mean, there, they definitely there's a lot of experience on on that. that they got side. some grown-ass men playing for now, sure. De Beer, I think, is is the coach's name. He did not impress me at the end of that Texas game because that game should not have come down to the last play. Of the he game. looked like he was holding on for dear life. Uh, you know, getting cute running flea flickers when you're up yeah. a couple of scores, that's not usually a recipe for success. So, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely got to give the edge in coaching to Michigan and defense to Michigan. Running the running offense to Michigan, you know, and then can Penix and that passing game be the X factor? That's the way I see it. Yeah. But I, there again, as a disclaimer, I have not watched a lot of either of their games. Probably two two games per team. Washington's secondary too is 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 sketchy. Yeah. And and clearly Michigan's wide receiving core. They can they can take advantage of that. They you know I I talked about Colston Loveland, the tight end for Michigan, having success against Bama, and, and he really didn't have a whole he didn't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But Colston Loveland, man, if he if they work him into the game plan and and get him going, he's a mismatch. He's a mismatch nightmare. And so, I just I have Michigan in this one. I have Michigan pulling away and kind of winning this one by double digits. Okay. And I think I think I saw the line opened around four and a half, five and a half, something like that. So it, it'll cre- it'll the, probably creep up. I think a the over under was fifty five. Um, fifty five. So, yeah. I can oh fifty five. That seems like easy money, really. Well, that's what was crazy about the Bama game. What was over the, under was forty five, and you know with three and a half minutes left, Bama's up twenty thirteen. So it looks like okay, the under is is the bet. It barely got it, though. Michigan ties it, wins it in overtime, and it goes over by two points. That's why gambling is. Gambling's not fun. Kids, don't gamble. Yeah. It's it's never easy. It's not a fun And it's like every time you think you got the the victory, it just (laughs) snatched right away from you. So. Yeah. What else you got on that Michigan game? Man, that's it, man. Put our socials up there, you know, on the. Yep. TikTok and Instagram, and we got an email address. You know, like I said, we want to we want to come bigger, badder, and, and and bolder this year. If you got ideas, suggestions, anything you'd like to hear us talk about, see us rate. Um, you know, if there's more information in our rate that shit that you'd like to know about, let us know. We'll we'll do the research and get it out there. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, and uh, you know we'll. Uh, Follow, like, and share our shit, man. I'm telling you, where else you gonna get bourbon talk and sports talk all in one, man? It's a it's a nice package. <laughs> it's a nice package, and we stick to the nuts and bolts, man. Nobody really wants to. Ain't nobody want to hear about hockey. <laughs> my foot, both my football teams are done for the year, so it's hockey. Yeah, ain't nobody want to hear about right hockey. <laughs> basketball, we'll talk about, but we don't want to hear about hockey and tennis. 
Golf. Maybe, maybe That's the golfer. Maybe, nah, I ain't no golfer. Don't hey, me. did you catch that pickleball? Nah, I'm just kidding. Pickleball, man. Pickleball champ. Cornhole. You know, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen another pillow fight event on ESPN since since mm. I, I called their ass out on it. <laughs> they listened. So anyway, we're gonna wrap up the sports talk and uh, get things changed over and, and do that rate that shit. So That's it. cheers. Cheers. What's up everybody? Welcome to the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast and it's time for another rate that shit. Kobe, what we got? Well, you know, last week we did the, the Michter's American Whiskey, the unblended. So this week I got us the Michter's U.S. number one, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Small Batch. Now with their small batch, they usually do enough to do about 20 barrels. And this is a, like I said, a Kentucky Straight Bourbon. That's going to cost you about 45 bucks, 40 to 50 depending on where you live. The hmm. proof is 91.4. The age is non-specified, but it's probably in the, you know, based on the color, probably about a four-year bourbon. Now your aroma is supposed to be, start off sweet, and then you're supposed to get some corn and some smoky wood. Yeah, your, some, a little sweet on my nose, for your, sure. Your taste should be caramel, vanilla, and, and maybe a little fruit mixed in there. And then the finish, you should get the oak and then a little bit of maple syrup. I'm going to put the rate system up there and let you tell them how we like to rate our stuff. Yeah, let me process this one a little longer. So our rating system, one through four. One, it's a brown bag. We don't give out a whole lot of ones, but generally speaking, that means don't go buy it. Don't waste your money. Two, uh, it's a mixer for us. Um, that's pretty much your daily drinker. Even though two seems like a low number, two's a good stock bourbon, man. That's like, a, for us, like a Maker's Mark or or maybe even, you know, a, a $40 Woodford. Woodford. Yeah, exactly. So we're not talking about a bad bourbon. Three, getting a little bit better, probably more high improved for us. We call that on the rocks, a little, you know, diluted a little bit. And then last but not least, four, if it's really good, you know, we want to drink it neat, just plain in the Glencairn. So you can taste all the flavor and, and feel it. And then, you know, feel the back end flavors that you get from a complex bourbon, which this one... Mm, actually, I... I mean, it's good. Let me say that. Okay. This is actually good, but... Mm, I'm actually... I, I'm going to tip my hat to the description mm. because I, I'm getting pretty much everything that they're putting down. You know, I get that... That sweet, that corn, that smoky wood on the on the nose. I definitely get a lot of caramel. Yeah, the, I tell you, I'm what, not getting a lot of fruit. But, but no, caramel. I don't. I don't get a lot of fruitiness either. Uh, I tell you what, I'm getting surprisingly is the smokiness, the the the, the wood, the smoky wood, and I get a lot of that. And, I'm and, gonna, I, and I do get a little maple syrup on the very end. Yeah, it's still got a little sweet finish to it. It does. So, I mean, it is very well described. And you know, it, it's for only 91, it's got some heat to it, too. Yeah. You know, it, it drinks. You know, I've been sipping on this 100 proof during the show. And this this has got just as much heat to it as, as this, this 100 proof does. Now, I know you were drinking on that, that 83 proof. Oh, this So one, you might really be feeling that 91. This one clearly, clearly beats 
the American, American the, 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 the blended, the, the, the unblended, unblended American whiskey. Yeah, this one, this one is a, yeah, is I, a definite like good one. effort. I like that one. This one's a definite good effort. Um, what'd you say, $45? Yeah, yeah. Nah, I said, that's a damn good bourbon for $45. I, I mean, I, I, I saw online where, you know, some places you can get it for 40. Now, where'd you get this? Right, uh, right there in Damn. Newton. Well, there you go, Carolina. If 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 Colby got it locally, then anybody can probably go out and get this. To me, um, you know, I started out thinking, eh, but you know, forty-five dollars, man. This is that's a pretty good value. That's a really good flavor. Like I didn't get a lot of different flavors. Is why I was a little no, lukewarm no, yeah. to it up front. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I get I get a strong caramel flavor, and then I get a little bit of that that smoky oak and uh, maple syrup. Um, you want some but, more of this? Yeah, yeah, you can pour me some more. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give it a three. You say yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give it a three. It's a three for me. Well, you know. It, it it was pretty much it pretty much stuck to a couple of different flavors, so it didn't wow me. But you know, you do have to factor economics, I think, mm -hmm. into it, and accessibility, mm -hmm. and the fact that we can get this. If we can get it, you can get it, and for forty five dollars, um, the upfront flavors, the the deep the deep smokiness flavors that I got. Mm -hmm. And just the, and then the sweet finish makes it a very enjoyable bourbon. If you like Rollo's. Rollo. <laughs> I've been getting hell for, I call him Rollo. It's funny, man. It's a Rollo. I know what the hell it is, man. You I like to dummy. call it your big dummy. Back to my bourbon rating. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go three, definitely a three. Hell, I would, I would even go a three point something because of economics. Because for $45, this to me is better than a lot of 50 plus bourbons. I mean, if, if we ever get a show where we rank, you know, or we put four or five bottles up here, mm -hmm. like our favorite bourbons under 50, favorite bourbons right. under 70, you know, this one, this one clearly would make my under 50 list. Yeah. Cause this, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, well, I was going to say rabbit hole, but rabbit hole is actually more expensive than this is. Yeah. No, I, I like it. Yeah, now this is this is good. This is definitely better than the unblended. De definitely, and that's what I was hoping for. You know, knowing that this was ninety-one proof, and uh, you know, we've mentioned it multiple times on on our show that ninety's uh, kind of our cutoff. If if it's a bourbon below ninety, chances are it's not going to rate well with us. <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't, I ain't too many bourbons lower than. The ninety are really worth anything, honestly. Right. I mean, we don't—we're not Jack Daniels fans and Evan Williams fans and Jim Beam fans. That's not our jam, you know. But right. we're 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 pinkies up, I guess, when it comes <laughs> to bourbon drinking. Sort of. I mean, we don't we don't have any of the the big dollar allocated bottles, but can't I mean, find. I mean, like I said earlier in, in the. First half. It's not show. lack of effort. No, no, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out and spend five hundred dollars on a, yeah, sixty dollar bourbon. So, right, exactly, exactly. All right, well, it, it's a three for us. It's a three. We we were pleased with it. We we love the price. 
I think you'll be pleased with it. I think especially you if if you love caramel. I think the Mictors bottles are cool too. I mean, they kind of had that that old yeah kind of that, that, that uh, the original whiskey bottle from the like, Western days. Yeah, like you'd see on Deadwood or something. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, well, just, I was thinking more like good to bad, to drink, ugly Clint Eastwood. Not, drink it, drinking it straight from the bottle. You know, mm-hmm. popping that cork and so yeah it. Uh, and we're gonna see if we can find a couple more mixers to do in the, in the weeks coming. But uh, this was the only one they had on the shelf today. Um, we'll look at a couple, couple more places and see if we can find maybe a sour mash or uh, you know some of the others. But uh, we'll see what we can find. Sweet. So all right. Cheers. Cheers.